Welcome back to another episode of the Aware Audio Experience. I am Reed, and I am joined, as always, with Sean. Hello. It's just us today. It's just us. Just us two. It's a rainy day here in San Diego. Joe Biden just won the presidency. Shout out. Big shout out. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast or follow us on Instagram. And for any of you A-wearers out there, we are only a few weeks away from our next apparel release. Today's episode is going to be talking a lot about starting a meditation practice. And I was lucky enough to start meditating because of my father and have been doing it for about three to four years. And I've had a a cool experience so far so i'm gonna do an interview style here reed's gonna ask me some questions about meditation and i'm gonna do my best to answer them it's been a long journey and i think a lot of people out there already think of you as a meditator but maybe they don't know the full story behind how you got into meditation and what you were aiming to get out of it i think it'd be interesting to hear about how you got started and what drew you to meditation yeah so i was getting these stress headaches like almost every day it was it was really frustrating and also get cold sores things that will happen when you're just like too stressed mm. my dad kept saying and i had watched him meditate for like 10 years he's like man you gotta meditate i don't know how else to tell you like you gotta meditate just 10 minutes every morning do it for a year and then try stop tell me that it hasn't made an impact all right, I took the challenge and that's how I knew my headaches were caused by stress because I started to notice that I could reverse my headaches. So when I would have a stressful day and I could feel the tightness in my skull, or like the back of my neck or behind my eyes, I would go jump in a conference room for 10 minutes, do a little meditation. And it was insane. The feeling I got was kind of like all that tightness, my skull was starting to release and it was it was powerful because I didn't have to take headache pills anymore. And it started to really change my life. I could do way more. I was way more present for people. So that was like my biggest first takeaway was just like kicking the headaches. Kicking the stress that caused the headaches. Exactly. Being able to live with the stress. Because I think in today's day and age, there's just so many stimulants and there's so much stress by just nature of living our lives that we need to find a way to exist with the stress instead of like, obviously there's stress you can eliminate but you're always going to have some form of stress. It's like, how do you come to terms with that? Yeah, something that I find interesting. So basically, there was a pain or discomfort trigger that yeah. caused you to be like, I need to make a change. Right. And, so, and you got into meditation. And it's, it's, I was lucky because that pushed me. And then, then it opened up the world, right? That yeah. was like my catalyst. I guess what I struggle with, I was talking to Duran about this, your dad. What do you tell people who don't feel the pain? They don't have the headache. They don't have the stress. And maybe it's because they, it's not that they're not having it. They're just not recognizing it. I think we all have symptoms of stress. I think mine might have just been a little more uh, severe because they were in headache form. <laughs> but I really think we all have symptoms of stress. I see it in almost everyone that I talk to. Some form of like almost like mild anxiety, you know, worrying about too much about other people not enough about themselves you see it manifest in all these different ways mm -hmm. but we're just so used to go 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 that we never really stop and slow down and also like these behavior patterns that too much stress causes us are so deeply formed in our character personalities that it's part we be, we identify with them like that's part of oh no that's just who i mm -hmm, am you know mm -hmm. i I really care about people around me. I'm like, think about yourself a little too. Yeah, I know so many people who are guilty. Of like, oh, pff, that's just how I am. Yeah. yeah. No, I, 
I always throw up twice in the morning. So what? Wait, <laughs> what? You don't have to do that. How did you normalize that? <laughs> yeah, seriously. That makes sense, though. You were inspired by your father. You were having some triggers in your life that made it appealing, like a good option for you. And you got into meditation. And then you, you did it every day for a year. Right. Which is crazy. It was a lot. It became, at the beginning, so people really get taken back by that. But it's not as crazy as it sounds. Once you do, like, the first two or three months... It becomes part of your day. Like it's actually much easier to keep that routine up. The hard part is forming the routine. Yeah. The yeah. hard part is forming the routine. Yeah. But here's the thing though. It's not like I was struggling to remember to do it. I could feel when I hadn't done it. So I would always do it in the mornings. I think meditation is super helpful for people to use before bed. But so many of the benefits that I feel from it are when I get to go through my day mm-hmm. and feel super grounded and present. Right. So it's like when I do it in the morning, I get that luxury of feeling light and centered for the rest of my day. So I was doing it in the mornings and it's not like I was struggling to remember to do it because when I didn't, I was like, I really need to do it. I can feel I'm getting, I'm a little headachey. Like I'm just, I'm moving too fast. I need to just like slow down. Mm -hmm. That's amazing though, that you were able to form that habit. I mean, if someone came to me and said, just do it for a year and then, and then come back and talk to me, I'd be like, okay, I'll just talk to you now. I'm not going to do it. No. Well, okay. So my dad said, listen, it's 10 minutes in the morning and it's so doable are you telling me that you can't find 10 minutes for that and it's hard to say no to that and then he said how much are you on your phone how much are you on instagram just take 10 of those minutes and turn them into meditation minutes and then watch what happens and he's right like i you know this wasn't like he was these comments were missing they were landing i was like i am on instagram a lot I could totally move that time into meditation time what was cool was that i started meditating for a few months and the first real moment that i had with it was I was in a business meeting, like every Monday we would have a sales and marketing meeting with like 60 people and they would talk about the week prior and what cool meetings were set and deals were closed. And if you hadn't, if you had done anything cool, you get pulled up in front of everyone. You got to give a little 30 second Mm -hmm. like debrief. And so I was sitting there and I was next to present. I had been involved in a cool deal and my heart started to beat really fast, right? I was Mm -hmm. getting nervous because... I had, it was a big one. I I wanted to touch on a few things and like all the execs were in the room. And then I was like, okay, hold on. My heart is beating fast. So I was like, let me see if I can slow my heart down with my breath. Mm -hmm. So I started focusing on the inhale and the exhale, inhale and the exhale through the nose, out through the mouth while I'm listening to the presenter in front of me. Oh my God. All of a sudden my heart starts to slow down. And I was like, wow. Okay. And I, I calmed down too. I wasn't, you know, like that feeling when your fingers are a little tingly because you're a little nervous. Then I was like, hold on, if I can slow my heart down, let me see if I can speed it up too. So then I, I kept the breathing, but I was like, see if you can speed your heart back up. Then I sped it back up. I was like, dude, I have total control right now. <laughs> like I'm in the driver's seat. And then it was my turn. I got up there and to present and all of that like angst and the overwhelming excitement of being up there was cut. And I just got to be there like I was talking to you right now. Hmm. And I was so at peace with what I said. I hit all my points and I was like, okay, there's something here. There's no real eminent danger. There's no real right. threat. It's just a completely it's fabricated. You psych our, yourself out. Yeah. And, you know, we were talking with Alana about the vagus nerve and all that. And remember, you were talking about the EMTs like walking up to yes. the scene of an accident. And it's like, it's that. It's our, our minds get so flustered when our breath is off and our bodies are are Mm -hmm. all over the place so it's it's amazing that you can bring it back to this like calm state and how much more clarity we can act from when we're there 
so you started meditating you got over this like two to three month hump you even got a year through how important was it or how much influence did your dad have not just your dad but the concept of a coach and someone that so helped you. helpful i can't stress it enough i'm so blessed that that he was there and that's why i try to be a resource for as many people as i can just because meditations is really confusing thing right you're just sitting by yourself like not doing anything it feels wrong the whole time yeah and i was lucky enough to have him so that every time something would happen that i was confused by like once i had a meditation and i just started crying straight up the tears like my eyes just opened the gates and they were just pouring out it wasn't like slow to it was like a steady stream <laughs> and i was in this place of just warmth and love like it came from a really good place it wasn't like oh my god it, it was like oh wow it feels good after i was like what just happened is this bad told my dad about it he's like that is one of the best signs being able to cry in in meditation is like a really good sign so where i was a little concerned he was able to address that and really put it to bed and that happened with a bunch of things like when i would talk to him about some days i was felt like i was regressing or my thoughts were too all over the place he was always able to like point me in the right direction that's actually a good sign don't think that's a bad thing it's a good thing and here's why so it's like okay and then I would keep going down that path. So I think it's really important to obviously have the apps and to, and to sit with yourself. And you need the daily discipline. But finding someone that can be a resource for you, super helpful. What did your dad give you that the apps don't? It's like when you do a yoga class on YouTube versus when you do a yoga class in person. Mm -hmm. right? You can watch the YouTube all day and you take your interpretation of what form they say to, to mm -hmm. go into. right? When he's there, when you got the instructor there helping you. They're going to tell you, uh oh, engage your core, leg up a little bit, put your arm over here. Maybe you could just make a small adjustment and get that much better. So it is really helpful to have a coach. Through that first year, I went through a lot of trials and tribulations with meditating, like found what was easy, what was hard, when was I having trouble, when was I doing really well with it, and start to kind of understand yourself and what you need to get into a meditative place. But very quickly, I realized that 10 minutes wasn't enough. So I started with 10 minutes every morning, right? And then soon I talked to my dad and I was like, hey, listen, right when that alarm hits at 10 minutes, I feel like I'm like getting into that place. Like all the noise has quieted down and I'm like in this really cool place. And he's like, okay, I think it's time to, to increase it a little bit. Go to 15 minutes. Let me tell you about 15 minutes. Yeah, and I was like, okay. So then I would do 15 minutes. And that, that was a quick jump for me. I went to 15 and I came back to him and I was like, yeah, same thing. And he's like, try to hit 20. I think 20, 20 minutes is like the sweet spot. Once you've kind of worked up to it, you'll see that it takes about anywhere from like 10 to 20 minutes to get in. And he was right. So I would feel that first 10 minutes is like so busy. Your mind has so much going on. You're thinking about your to-do list. You're thinking about your relationships. You're just thinking about literally everything. And then, okay, five minutes in, it starts to get a little quieter. It's easier to stay with the breath. Your mind's not racing as much. And then by minute 10, usually you're like, okay, wow, it's much quieter. I'm having way less thoughts. I'm like way, I'm moving way slower in my head. By 15 minutes in, I've like reached this place where I'm like, just feels like I'm kind of floating. There's like, I'm just in nothingness. Like I'm just floating. There's very few thoughts. And that is the place I, I can sit there for hours mm. because it's so, it feels so good. So I try to at least sit there. I go usually past 20 minutes now, but I sit there. That's to me where like mm -hmm. you really get the benefit and you can almost store up the Zen. <laughs> hmm. Kind of reminds me of being the last person in the sauna or something. In a way it is, but imagine, because when you're in the sauna, it's 
really hot, right? It's really hot. And it's like that last five minutes feels like eternity. Yeah. Imagine you hit a point in the sauna where it's just room temperature. <laughs> well, it's not a sauna anymore. That's my point. <laughs> Life doesn't have to be a sauna. Keep it cool. Keep it cool. Keep it real cool. That was me kind of understanding how long to go for and mm-hmm. my journey. So I'm right now, I, that was like three, four years ago. Right now I'm hitting at least 20 minutes every session. If I'm pinched for time, I'll just do a five or 10 minute one. But if it's up to me and there is no like time restraint, I'll at least hit 20 minutes and then I can go, you know, 30, 40, depending on where I'm at in my day. If I got a lot of things going on and I'm a little stressed out, it's usually beneficial to sit for a little longer. Do you feel like you get value at this point out of a five or 10 minute yeah. meditation? Oh, yeah. There's not, there's something that happens when you're like past the 20 minute mark that's really hard to put into words. Because I had a bad habit of like, if I couldn't sit for 20 minutes, I just wouldn't do it. Mm-hmm. And so some days I would push it off to like way later in the day and then I would get a headache. And I was like, it didn't always have to be 20 minutes. Like you can sit for five minutes and that's beneficial. So a good example, if I'm late to work, I'd be like, oh, it's not worth it. You know, I only have five minutes. I just do a 20 minute, you know, when I get into the office or something like that. And now I'm like, no, sit for five minutes and at least just like honor this morning, slow down a little bit, you know, send some gratitude out into the world. And then you're like, okay, I got a little taste. I do need a longer one in a bit, but like I got some Zen there. I got enough to to take me through the morning. You mentioned sending gratitude out. And to me, that's like an add-on practice to meditation almost. It's it's a separate thing. It's related to me. I mean, do you do you feel the same way? I think now I see how the two are the same, but before, yeah, I needed to access that love to send out that gratitude and part of accessing that love was about quieting the noise in my head all the distractions because it's always there you always have this like warm glowing ball in your chest in our podcast with dr klein he was talking about the the sun is always shining but sometimes there's clouds in the way and so that sun that warmth that love that gratitude it's always there so you just have to sit long enough for the clouds to clear away and then you have a direct mainline access to it so then when you do the gratitude it is like water falling out of your chest. Hmm. So is that, from your perspective, what you're driving toward when you meditate is to access this gratitude and this love? Love is infinite. Love is this thing that the more we're able to tune into, the more we experience, right? It's not finite. And so when you build a, a relationship to it, a connection to it, you're able to get more of it, get more of it. And so that's what brought me to tears in that one meditation is like I felt completely immersed in it like i was exploding with love to the point where i just cried it was Mm. that profound Mm. and that happens a few times and all of a sudden you start to build this connection with the love where even in like really stressful situations or if you know you do something that hurts someone on accident you get into a fight with someone you love or like you feel like there's those days where you just think everything you do is wrong and the whole world hates you and you get really down on yourself that is when that connection to love and gratitude is so powerful because I'm able to strip away all that noise and insecurity and fear and just tap back into this like connection with love and warmth. And I'm like, okay, I'm good. I'm good. I'm having a, a rough day. That's totally normal. But really, I'm good. I love myself. I feel this love. And you can then you can bring it back out to people and start mm. filling up other people's cup again. I also want to talk about how I started with this 10 minutes in the morning and then it went to 15 and went to 20 minutes. But what really happened was I almost felt like it transcended that 
morning ritual, that morning practice altogether. Because once I started to develop this relationship with my breath, it became something that was with me the whole day. Mm. And I would find myself automatically taking these deep inhales and exhales as I was driving somewhere, as I was standing in line. And it's amazing. You can turn these moments that are so trivial and unglorified and you can turn them into these little mini like happiness bubbles i would literally be waiting in line your immediate reaction is like oh anxiousness like come on let's go what you see that it's taking forever it's like a new cashier you're late and you're like freaking out you make that moment so uncomfortable for yourself you start flushing out cortisol like your body's stressed out i stopped doing that once i i developed this connection to my breath standing there you start breathing and then you start to feel this warmth in your chest and you start to feel really good. And you're like, okay, that's not that bad. And you just smile and, you, and you're so happy. You get to the front of the line, you look cashier, they stressed out. They got a huge line. They're new. You give them some compassion. Hmm. That's life, man. That's living. Yeah. I feel like I encounter those people sometimes. Yeah. And it's really special that butterfly effect that those people have. Right. When you're a positive, like beacon basically and like you're in line and you can see the person in front of you tapping their toe and they're just <laughs> they're getting all up in a huff and you know, they look back maybe to commiserate with you to be like, This is isn't this bullshit that this is taking so long? <laughs> and you flip the script on them. Remember we were biking the other day? Yes. We so me and Reed were biking and we went to you know, we were going straight across this intersection, but we were off to the right and it was a right turning lane. And so there was a car behind us that could have made a quick right on that red light, but had to wait the duration of the whole red light. And this biker comes up next to us and looks at us and he's like, Man, what are you guys doing? I, I hate when people do that. I hate when bikers do that. So passive. Like he was just yeah. so unnecessarily right. provoking us. Right. And mind you, it's like a beautiful sunny day in San Diego. We're surrounded by palm trees and blue skies. And so he looks at us with all this like passive aggressive. You know, we look back and like, sorry, man, we just got caught up in the beauty of this moment. It's just what a beautiful day it is. And you could tell that he was like, oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> like, how are you supposed to refute that? Yeah. He's he was like hoping for us to come back like oh no yeah. like screw that car and screw yeah. you and you know yeah. what I hate you he was looking for a reaction yeah. and when you hit him with love it completely undermined his whole approach and he was just like Doof. I was like okay in music stores when like there's all the guitars laid out when you strum a chord really hard and it vibrates all the other chords mm. vibrate a little bit. They pick up on that vibration. Mm -hmm. Being that positive light in the world is like you're hitting that chord and vibrating and everyone else's chord vibrates a little too with that positivity. There is no question that that is a real phenomenon. Yeah. There's no question. I mean, remember what my dad was saying about why? Because you asked him, you were like, why does that happen? Why do some people just make me feel good? Mm -hmm. And he was like, it's the safety. It's when people are at peace with themselves and who they are. They give off these cues of safety and it helps relax you. And you were mm -hmm. like, yeah, because there's people I know that I'm just like, I just want to be around that person more. Mm -hmm. How can I be around that person more? Why do I feel so good when I'm with them? Mm -hmm. And it's because they're disarming you. They're letting you. Yeah, you, you put your guns down. Exactly. Over time, you've expanded how long you meditate. You've learned to find meditation moments in everyday life. You've also learned the value of a five-minute meditation and a 25-minute meditation or longer. And importantly, it allows you to like tap into 
this place of gratitude and love you can then spread in the world which is really beautiful that being kind of one of the overall objectives almost so you did that for a year straight and then i mean let's fast forward you got to a thousand days straight i mean for people listening like i i haven't eaten breakfast a thousand days straight (laughs) like i haven't you know what i mean like it's unbelievable people started to realize what i was doing and they would see me and they're like hey what's your streak out you know and at first it felt so good because i was this person that had this you know i had a 300 so first first milestone was like 365 day streak and meditation score yeah it was like a meditation score and at first it felt so good and i was happy that kind of gamified meditation for me because then i wanted to do it more but I started to see some problems with it because my ego is totally loving it. And it was like, oh, I'm this dude. I would, you know, someone would say, yeah, I meditate every day. And I was like, show me your streak. Like, well, what is that? That's bullshit. You know, like if somebody says they meditate every day, I'd be happy for them. I'm like, you don't meditate every day. I meditate every day. Look at my streak. I'm in 800. Measuring your awareness, measuring your, your yeah. mindfulness. It's spiritual materialism, straight up. Spiritual materialism. You're like it's this western idea that we have to turn everything into a metric right and Mm -hmm. then use that metric to compare to other people's metrics and i'm like spiritually flexing on people so i didn't like that it was cool because it helped me kind of like build this brand as as someone who's meditation savvy and it allowed me to help people because they knew to come to me with questions and i could help point them to different people and places but after a while i started to realize it wasn't healthy it's not healthy so I hit a thousand days in a row and that was a big deal for me just because it changed from three numbers to four and I sat there on my thousandth day and I looked at it and I thought to myself, I'm going to do it without the app. I'm going to lose a streak tomorrow because I want to see if I'm meditating for the streak or if I'm meditating for the actual meditation. Yeah, for you. Yeah, for me. So on day 1001, I looked at my phone, put it away and I just meditated by myself. And I, I got to be real with you, Reed. I watched the streak disappear. <laughs> and how did you feel about that? <laughs> Went to zero and... Did it, did, like, it did Headspace, bit. like, did the CEO call you? They closed. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, hey, hey, um, hey, we just saw you drop off yeah, a thousand. Are you good? Are you, yeah. Did, did you, you lose your phone? We called your emergency contacts. It hurt a little bit. And, I, and it was a good feeling to feel. Because I was like, that's ego. That's pride. That's everything that you need to let go of. I had learned through all this meditation that trying to live life with no attachment be free flow you don't need to grab on to this expectation from things and i'm this guy who meditates like just be it you don't need the accolades that was liberating in a way it was cool to see that i did respond to it and i was like wow okay but my meditation practice got even deeper you know i'm doing it a few times a day now and once in the morning once in the evening or in the middle of the day it's like no streak. Sometimes I'll hit like 20, 40, 50. I hit 100 days once. It's not for, I'm cool losing it. I feel nothing when they, when these streaks go away now. So do you think that there's another chapter for you in meditation? Or do you think now, now that you've mastered Headspace, no. now that you've won <laughs> Headspace, it's a matter of maintaining this state of being? Or is it there's always deeper levels? No, what the, do you the more you meditate, the more you realize you have to learn. I just keep, the deeper I get into this meditation practice and, and this journey called life is the more I see where I need to improve, where my work needs to I have so many blind spots and shadows still that I need to explore and come to terms with. But I, I have so much awareness around them. I think before they were fully in the dark. I didn't even know they were there, but they were actually kind of running the show. Mm-hmm. Now I can observe, you know, if I'm anxious and I'm talking to a group, I start playing with my hands a lot or I start 
moving a little. I'm like, wow, look at this. Look what's happening. I can feel it. I'm, I'm watching myself be a little nervous. I'm like, okay, why are you nervous right now? All right, so-and-so's here. You want to impress them? Hmm, why do you want to impress them? Well, because you don't feel like you're enough. Okay, but you know you're enough. You love yourself. All like, right. yo, dude, do you want this or not? Yeah. <laughs> I was like, fuck. yo, coffee for Sean. And <laughs> yeah. I'm just standing there, like, giving this guy the deepest stare. It's like uh, oat milk, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's never ending. It's never ending. That's why they call it a meditation practice. You know, there's life is one challenge after the next. And the older we get, we get these new challenges, trying to find a way to master them all and come to terms with them and find a way to flow through it all. And, you know, I feel night and day versus where i came from but i can't wait to see where i'm at you know when i'm 60 years old and i've been meditating for five decades it's going to be a different situation you know but i'm sure i'll still have stuff to work on when i'm 60 years old and i've clocked you know years of meditation thank you for sharing this story it's very informative it's very interesting i hope i get to experience some of what you've gone through i hope that my own practice brings me there it's helpful especially to hear what drew you to meditation and what kept you in meditation or following a practice because i think that's where the struggle constantly is for me at least seeing you shed that attachment and have that awareness is really incredible and full circle and pretty cool so thank you for sharing that yeah my pleasure i think it's important to tell my story because i think it helps people better understand what it looks like to implement a practice and what to expect where it gets hard where it gets easy feel free to reach out to us on our aware apparel instagram we love to talk meditation we have tons of resources tons of people we can connect you with meditating is one of the ways that we can all make this world a little better it seems like a very overwhelming task a lot of time to try to make a a positive difference in this world and it's kind of counterintuitive but honestly i think one of the biggest ways to make a, a profound difference in this day and age is to take 10 to 20 minutes to yourself every morning and just sit in stillness because then when you go out into the world you can just be this little beam of joy and you can spread love to everybody else and it's contagious It ripples through everyone and uh, it starts with you. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. Subscribe if you haven't. Send this episode to anyone who you feel like needs to hear it. Big shout out goes to Hannah. She's been listening to the AWER audio experience out in Arizona and a few of our meditations as well. Sent us a lot of love over social media, so we're sending it right back to you, Hannah. Thank you for being you. And like we mentioned at the beginning of the episode, for all you A-wearers out there, we have more clothing coming very soon. We'll see you guys next time.